In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. <coughs> Today is the fourth Sunday of the month of Abib, and we read the story that maybe we are familiar with uh, of the raising of Lazarus from the dead. Uh, it says that when the Lord Jesus Christ knew that Lazarus uh, had died or he was sick, it says in John 11 verse 4, um, the sickness is not unto death, but the glory of God. So the Lord, of course, knowing that Lazarus was going to be raised, that he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead, um, he said that the reason for the sickness, the reason for the suffering, um, was not um, maybe what we would have imagined is that Lazarus is going to die and remain dead, as you would expect anyone after they die to remain dead. But the Lord had a different plan, and it was for his own glorification, for people to see the power of God. And of course, this was not simply for God to show off his power, but for the sake of the salvation of the people who would turn to him, seeing what is the miracles and the wonders that he is able to do. But what is interesting about this story is that after he heard that Lazarus was sick, it says that he waited two more days before he went. And maybe we would think that this is the opposite of love. Um, when we think of the loving action, we think that when you hear that someone is in need, you rise immediately and you rush to their aid and do whatever it is that you can do to help them. Um, but the Lord did not do this. When he heard that Lazarus was sick, it says that he waited two more days. And even though um, the, the, the disciples and the sisters of Lazarus and really no one else could understand what was the reason um, for the Lord to wait, um, but we can contemplate on it and think about it and try to understand what is the reason why the Lord waited. Why did he not go immediately to Lazarus when he found out that he was sick? God is glorified by the demonstration of his power, as we said, and for the Lord to raise someone from the dead um, waiting for him to actually die and then raise him rather than simply to heal his sickness was greater glory, was greater demonstration um, of his power. It also uh, gave the opportunity for faith, for the people who were there to believe and to trust in him, knowing that the Lord can do all things. When he went to go see his family, um, uh, he, he said, do you not know that, 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 that I am the resurrection? Um, and, and they said to him, um, you are the resurrection and the life. So the demonstration of faith when in the times of the greatest trouble and the greatest need and the greatest suffering, this also glorifies God. When we see the lives of those who are believers, that even when they go through great suffering, they still cling to God and they still trust in him and they still believe that, that God is with them and God is allowing all things to be done for a reason. And so this was a critical time for Mary and Martha to exercise their faith. During this time where after their brother had died, that they were in great suffering, but still to believe that everything was being done for a reason. And this faith was the most difficult at the same time that it was the most necessary. So during the times when things are going well, um, and we say that we have faith, uh, the faith doesn't cost us very much. And maybe it's easy for us to say that we have faith when everything is going well. But during the times of greatest suffering and struggle, this is the time when really our faith is tested, where we can really answer the question is, do I have faith or not? Do I have faith that the Lord is in control of my situation? Do I have faith that God is allowing all things to be done for a reason um, or not? So I want to speak today a little bit of the time, the time that, that, that we spend during the trial, because the Lord actually intended for Mary and Martha 
to experience this trial, and he waited, he waited. We call out to God, we ask him to come quickly, to answer our prayers quickly, and then we question, why God are you not answering my prayers? Why are you waiting? Why are you not you know, jumping and, and, and rising and, and running to me and giving me everything that I desire immediately as I ask for? And there is reason for that. Um, so I wanna talk a little bit about this, is how can the time that we spend in trials strengthen our faith? First, during the time of trial, this is a time for prayer and repentance. This is the time for calling upon God in our prayer and drawing closer to God, looking at our lives, maybe cutting out of our lives things that are unsuitable or unfitting for us as believers, um, refocusing our time, refocusing our energy um, on God. In 2 Corinthians 7, it says, For godly sorrow produces repentance, leading to salvation, not to be regretted, but the sorrow of the world produces death. This sorrow, this godly sorrow, which is the sorrow of repenting and sorrow over our sins, this brings us actually closer to God. And during times of trials, during times of suffering, during times when we, we feel like we have no energy uh, or focus to be able to think even about our own life and that all of our energy is focused on this trial that we are facing that seems to us to be so big that we cannot overcome it, and that it is consuming us and it is destroying us and and everything we think about is about this one thing this is the time where we are maybe willing to put more faith in god than we are at any other time maybe at any other time if you tell me stand up to pray my reaction will be i'm lazy i'm tired i'm busy i have many other things in my life to do and the idea of standing to pray pray is uh, maybe the last thing on my mind but when god allows a severe trial a trial that tests me to the very core, my very limits, then we don't even have the desire to do anything else. We don't even have the desire to watch TV. We don't have the desire to, to spend time with our friends. We don't have the desire to enjoy anything because we are just broken. And during those times of brokenness, this is where we can truly meet God and we can find in that time this, this connection with God through our prayer. It is, it is this time where everything that we do becomes focused completely on seeking the, from God his comfort, from seeking from God the solution, and from seeking from God forgiveness um, as we repent of our sins. So one, one benefit of the time that God allows us in trials, and maybe why he would uh, allow a trial to extend and to, to prolong, is because he wants us to benefit from this time in drawing closer to him in our prayer and repentance. The second reason is it is time for endurance and patience. Um, he wants us to grow in endurance. He wants us to receive the reward of endurance. He wants us to learn how to be patient, that things are not going to happen in our lives in an instant, that maybe we have to persist and we have to keep praying and keep asking and to keep asking in faith not simply to ask once or twice and then to lose hope and to stop asking, believing that God has not heard. Because even though it takes time for God maybe to respond and to grant us the desire that we are seeking from him or to solve the problem that we have, what he begins to do immediately in the moments of struggle as we pray is he begins to grant us comfort. Comfort that, that defies understanding. Comfort that is not related to the problem being solved. Comfort that just comes from him, a spiritual comfort that begins to work in us to make us to feel like he is present with us. 
In James chapter 1, he says, Blessed is the man who endures temptation, for when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Meaning those who endure to the end, those who learn to be patient in suffering and tribulation, those are the ones who will receive the reward. And one of the greatest rewards that we receive during these times is we see the work of God in being able to grant us such comfort when nothing else will. When people go to all kinds of things to try to comfort themselves and to self-medicate themselves and to distract themselves and to do anything to avoid the pain and to forget about the pain of the suffering that they feel and that nothing works. And yet when we turn to God during these times, we find that he's able to begin to alleviate the pain. He's able to make us to have hope again. He's able to make us to endure what otherwise would be intolerable for us to endure. Again, it is only in time when God, when God gives us enough time and the struggle. Because our initial reaction, maybe when we are in such trial, is to find those other means of comfort um, that we are trying to be comforted with. But only when they fail, and only when the trial is prolonged, do we then maybe think, okay, let me turn to God now. God is the only one that can comfort me in these trials. And so I will turn to him, and in him, we will find that if we had come to him from the very beginning, that we would have saved ourselves so much suffering because we would have found comfort in him. So that's the second reason why God allows the prolonged trials and the time that we spend during trials is so that we can learn how to endure and be patient and find comfort in him. The third reason that our time during trials might be prolonged is because we need time for looking towards what is not seen. Meaning, oftentimes when we are thinking about a problem that we have, and we're trying to think of what are the possible solutions. The possible solutions within the realm of my imagination and my, and my, my ability to think and reason and, and the resources that I believe are available to me, um, maybe we look at it and we lose um, hope and we, be we fall into despair because we feel there is no solution. There is nothing. There is nothing in my power that I can do to solve the problem. There is nothing in the power of anyone that I know um, that can solve the problem. There is no one who can help me and we feel alone and maybe suffocating in sadness um, and feeling trapped that there is nothing that I can do to be saved. There is nothing and there is no one that can help me. But in time and again through our prayer, we begin to have comfort that the power of God is transcendent. It transcends what I believe is possible. It transcends what any human being can do. It transcends what I can do. It transcends what my friends can do. It transcends what any human authority can do. It transcends that God is able to work and to do what is mighty and what is wonderful and, and, and to end the suffering and to find a solution for my problem in a way that is beyond the resources that I believe are available to me. And we see this time and time and time again in the scripture of how God is able to, to bring um, a solution that was unexpected. Do you think that Mary and Martha believed that, that it was possible for their, their brother to rise from the dead? They did not think that they, he would rise from the dead. The, the best that they thought was available to them is simply to mourn and to get over the sadness um, eventually um, for their brother's death. But the Lord came with a solution that was not even what they even could have asked for. It was even greater than what they could have imagined that could be done is that the Lord would come and raise him from the dead. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, it says, He has made everything beautiful in its time. 
Also, he has put eternity in their hearts, except that no one can find out the work that God does from beginning to end. Who of us can understand the work of God? Who of us can look at whatever trial that we face and say, I understand why this trial is here and I understand what I will benefit from it? We cannot. We cannot. But even though we cannot, it says what? He has made everything beautiful in its time. Everything has a purpose. Everything has a reason. And in the eyes of God, everything fits together. And he knows why he does one thing to prepare us for the next thing. And so those people who are really and truly um, able to be victorious in, in, in their struggles and in their trials are those who look to what is unseen, what is invisible to them. They don't, they're not limiting God by what the resources are that they can imagine and see. They don't pretend like um, God only has the same resources that we have, but they say, God, you can do anything. You can do anything. I believe in you. Whatever it is you seek, whatever it is that you want, even if it seems impossible to man, but with God, all things are possible. So again, in time, makes us to see what that God is able to do what man cannot do. The fourth reason why God might allow trials to be prolonged is because we need time for acquiring first-hand experiences with the promises of God. Meaning, we need to be able to know Him. And how is it that we know Him? Blessed is the person who is able to be disciplined in their spiritual life at all times, even when everything is going well even when everything in their life is set in place, that they are very disciplined in their prayers, in their Bible reading, in their coming to church, in their partaking of the sacraments, and in all of those things. And in those things, they will find God, and they will meet Him, and they will know Him. But if we are honest with ourselves, many times we find that when everything is going well, and when I am busy, I am distracted by the world, and I put so much emphasis on the world, and on the things in the world, that maybe for us God becomes second, third, fourth, fifth on the list of priorities that we have, and we find that we are going through our life really without Him, and that the only time that we seek Him is when we are in trouble. The only time we seek Him is when we suffer. And so, um, sometimes God needs to get our attention, and He wants us to know Him and to feel the love that He has for us, and because we do not take the initiative of going to Him, and meeting with him and praying to him, he does something to allow us to be motivated and encouraged to come to him, to remind us of how much we need him and to remind us that he is our savior. So in times of trial, we acquire a type of experience with God that maybe we never have at any other time. Just as Job, by the end of his suffering, said, I had heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you, meaning I see you now. I, I understand you now. I have a greater insight into who you are and i realize that you are with me all the time i realize you are with me all the time not just in the time of suffering i didn't recognize you before i didn't see you before i didn't notice you before because i was distracted because i was busy with other things but in the time of trial in the time of our greatest need when we feel the touch of god to grant us comfort it is the sweetest comfort and it is the thing that makes us to see the love of god maybe when we speak about theological things, like we speak about the incarnation and how God condescended and took on the, the human nature and how he suffered. Maybe these things for us, we believe them, but they seem like very far away from us. Maybe they seem like, um, I cannot relate to this, uh, or we take it for granted because we speak about this so much. But when I myself am personally injured, when I myself am going through a very difficult trial and I feel the love of God and I feel God, his warmth, his 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 conversation 
um, when we begin to see how God speaks to us through the scripture, he speaks to us through the things that other people say, reminding us that he is with us at all times and granting us comfort, that that is a type of experience we have with God that we do not have at any other time. Um, in Psalm 34, verse 8, it says, O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. To taste and see the goodness of God means to experience God and to know that in our experience he is good. And the only way that we see that experience is when he grants us comfort, even in the midst of trial. And sometimes this requires time in order for us to see this, in order for us to understand. The fifth reason for prolonged trials is because we need time for recognizing our limitations and giving glory to God only. In trials, we are humbled. In trials, we um, are made to realize how weak we really are and that we are not anywhere as strong as we think, and that we are not as clever as we think, and we don't have the resources that we think, and we don't, we don't have all that it takes to be successful in this life on our own, and that we need him, and that we need to turn to him, and that we are made of dust, and that there are things that are beyond our capabilities. And of course, it is always the case that there are things beyond our capabilities, but we forget. We forget that that is the case. You know, when a person who has lived an otherwise very healthy life and been strong their whole life when they get some kind of very serious illness it makes them to see how all the strength that they had before was actually a gift something that god had granted to them and they should not have taken it for granted they should not have lived their life assuming that every day they were going to get up from their bed maybe there is a day where they were no longer get up from their bed and it is very difficult and debilitating but at the same time humbling to make us see how much we are in the need of God. And again, we are dust. We are made of dust. The only one who gives us life is him. He is the one who breathed into the dust to give life, to allow us to stand, to allow us to live. And we forget this. So during the times of trials, and especially prolonged trials, we realize our limitations. And we realize how much we are in need of God. And we realize that we don't even know what is good for us. We don't even know what, what, what we want or what we should want. We don't know what the future will look like and we don't know what it should look like in proverbs 16:9, it says a man's heart plans his way but the lord directs his steps this is our limitation we do not know how to direct ourselves we don't know where to go we don't know how how to do anything we are sheep and he is the shepherd the limitations that we have should remind us at all times that we do not know what is good for us but we ask god to grant us um, peace to trust in his will that whatever it is is good for us is what he will allow and this can also happen during the time of trial that we recognize our limitation and we give glory to god the last reason i'm going to mention um well no this is not the last reason um uh, the sixth reason uh, is we pro god allows prolonged trials to give us time for feeling the suffering of other people uh, a person who has never really felt deep suffering takes for granted the suffering that other people experience. When you see people who are sad and suffering and going through difficult situations, unless I myself have felt such a thing, unless I myself have, have, have my own suffering or have experienced my own suffering, it's easy for us to make light of the suffering of other people because we don't understand the depth of it. We don't understand how debilitating it is. We don't understand the sorrow. We don't understand how it is a, a pain that chases us and follows us and, and, and keeps us in bondage um, all the time. But when we ourselves go through difficult challenges and sufferings in our lives, it allows us to have compassion and empathy toward other people. 
in Second Corinthians chapter 1, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in, our, in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Meaning, not only do we taste the bitter bitterness of suffering, which allows us to be compassionate to others, but we also taste the sweetness of the comfort of God. Because when we experience the comfort of God, then I can share this comfort with other people. I can, in the midst of their suffering, remind them and share with them the comfort that I received from God and how um, just as God gave me comfort, so also God will give them comfort. So this is a, a very important reason why God allows us to suffer, to give us compassion for one another, to give us mercy toward one another, um, not to feel like we are invincible and become stone cold toward the suffering of others, but to realize that our heart is made of flesh and that we are weak and vulnerable, just as all, all other people are the same, also weak and vulnerable. The last um, reason why God might give us time in suffering is to learn that suffering is not inconsistent with his love. And this is a big one, because many times whenever we go through very difficult sufferings, um, our first reaction is, is God punishing me? Why is God abandoning me? Why is God allowing me to experience this pain? Or some might conclude even God does not exist because if God existed, how is it that he would allow me to suffer all this suffering um, that I'm suffering? But in the midst of suffering and in the midst of receiving the comfort from God, this is actually where we see that the suffering is good. The suffering is good. As difficult as it might be for us to admit that or to know that, that the suffering is good. Um, the reason that we know that God does not abandon us in suffering is because of the comfort that he gives. If, if we seek it from him, if we seek it from him, if we seek the comfort from him and we receive it from him, we realize that God has not abandoned us at all. Maybe we don't understand the reason for the trial. We don't know why God is allowing me to experience the pain that I am feeling. I don't know. But if it was truly abandonment, then even when I come to God and I ask him for his comfort, he would be silent. There would be nothing from him. But if we experience the comfort of God in the midst of trial, if we see some good that God is doing in my life as a result of the trial, then I realize that this is not inconsistent with his love. It is maybe not the way I would choose. It is not the way that I would prefer. And if you gave me the choice, I would not choose this one because I don't really know what is good for me. I don't really know why. God is allowing this, there is some unknown reason, but there is a reason, there is some purpose behind it, but it is not inconsistent with his love. In 1 Peter 4 it says, but rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. Meaning, in the scripture and in the history of the church, we see that the Lord uses suffering as a means of giving us reward, as a means of teaching us about himself as a means of glorifying us with him. And so definitely it is the case that when we go through various trials, we feel all kinds of pain, but this doesn't mean that God stopped loving us. It is not inconsistent with his love. And again, he calls us to himself. He calls us to draw closer to him so that we know him more, so we have a deeper understanding of himself, so that we are 
um, we, we, we feel that the, the presence of God is unmovable and unshakable in our lives, that no matter where I go, no matter what I do, no matter who I'm with, that God is present with me and that no one can separate us from the love of Christ. Because if, if, if even in the midst of my greatest suffering that I feel the presence of God with me, then that means that God is with me at all times and in every way and in all places. And there is no way for me to be separated from him because I do not choose to leave him because he is my savior and he is the only one that I can be with. And he is the only one who grants me comfort and joy in my life. So we spoke about seven reasons why the Lord might allow us to experience prolonged time in suffering. The first was time for repentance and prayer, time for endurance and patience, time for looking towards what is not seen, time for acquiring firsthand experience with the promises of God, time for recognizing our limitations and giving glory only to God, time for feeling other sufferings, and finally time to learn that suffering is not inconsistent with his love. May God grant us to find uh, a fruitful season during the, the seasons of suffering and give us hope that, this, that the season of suffering has an end and it will not last forever. And the ultimate end of all suffering, of course, is in heaven when we um, go to a place where grief, sorrow, and groaning have fled away and there is no more sadness and there is no more pain and, and the fullness of all the blessings that the Lord has promised us are manifested in every way. But even as we still suffer on the earth, we ask that God grant us relief, grant us comfort, and grant us to know that even in the midst of prolonged suffering, there is purpose and there is love and glory be to God forever. Amen.